0: Welcome to the Mycotoxin Matters podcast from Alltech Mycotoxin Management. As mycotoxins present an ever-increasing threat to livestock production, join us as we discuss these impacts and potential solutions, sustainable farming, and our vision for a planet of plenty.
1: Welcome to this episode of Mycotoxin Matters where we will be talking about mycotoxins in aquaculture. My name's Nick Adams, Global Director for Altec's Mycotoxin management platform. And today uh, we are joined by John Sweetman, who is Altec's International Project Manager for aquaculture. John has uh, over 38 years of global practical experience in fresh water and marine fin fish farm design, construction, and management uh, and is a pioneer of Mediterranean agriculture. Uh, He's an extensive network all over the world uh, from the R&D side to the industry side and has authored and co-authored many papers uh, on uh, all things uh, related to agriculture. So uh, a great person to be with us to talk about this and, and what he's seen over the years with regards to mycotoxins in this setting. So John, welcome.
0: Thank you very much, Nick. Pleasure to be here.
1: Maybe, John. It's always good to start with just, you know, some of the the, the more simple stuff in terms of just you giving us uh, some of your experience, particularly with regards to the mycotoxins and how you've seen this topic sort of evolve during your
0: experience within the uh, within the area. Yeah, thank you. Um, that's an interesting question because. Uh, I've seen both sides of this issue, from the fish production side, from the research side, and of course, the developing science. So I think there are two divides here. As a farmer myself, I have to say really that I didn't know a lot about mycotoxin contamination as a producer of fish. uh, I produced both rainbow trout in the United States. Kingdom uh, and uh, uh, bass and bream in the Mediterranean and many other species across the world. And as a farmer, you don't really hear about the problems associated with mycotoxin, at least you didn't. Um, and I may have had problems with mycotoxins, but I, I didn't know, I couldn't prove it. I, I couldn't see the link between the mycotoxins and any issues I might be having on the farm. I think uh, today, industry awareness is is heightening. I think that we are learning from other industries, from the pig industry, for example, is a, is a classic one on mycotoxins today. And many farmers now are, are really beginning to ask those questions. Do do we have issues here? Why why are my fish performing suboptimally? What what what's going on with the feed? But I think um, it's, it's a learning process. And um, I, I I believe now the evolution of the recent five, ten-year period has really shown that mycotoxins are an issue. I do remember there's a paper back in 2010 um, which which quite clearly talked about Atlantic salmon, and they were saying I think nearly four milligrams of uh, DON, for example, resulted in approximately a 20% reduction in feed intake, an 18% increase in FCR, and over 30% reduction in specific growth rates. These are significant um, uh, financial uh, implications for industry partners, but but they aren't quantified uh, on a daily basis, and we don't know what exists in the feed today. So, yeah, evolution, I believe it's uh, now a topic of great interest, and I believe it's a topic which has significant impact for the industry. That, that's really interesting,
1: John. And, and so if we sort of step back and, and we... Look at this evolving issue, and that evolving issue is coming from the increased use of plant-based ingredients. Why is the industry moving in that direction? Where do you see that going? You know, what are some of the key things, key key raw materials that people are using as they move in that direction?
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's a very good question, and and um, uh, I think in my experience, and certainly in my career. Uh, The incorporation of marine raw material ingredients, which is fish meals and fish oils, have reduced so, so significantly. We're talking a reduction to today where salmon diets are only 10 percent fish meal. um, And in the past, they were up to 35, 40 percent fish meal. These diets are rapidly including more vegetable components. Um, it's the same in the shrimp industry, actually. You know, shrimp uh, uh, feeds now can contain 10% or less of fish meal. So all these species are being subjected to a, a, a basket of raw material uh, ingredients, which, which they haven't been exposed to before. And given the global uh, activity associated with the, the movement of these raw materials all across the world, today's mycotoxin exposures aren't, aren't just limited to the region in which mycotoxins might occur. They can occur anywhere because they're transported globally uh, for feed manufacturing processes. Um, If you you talk about sustainability, it's it's the customer's top concern. It's a concern for uh, uh, carbon dioxide production. It's in uh, global warming. Consumers today are increasingly aware of the problems associated with uh, the use of unsustainable raw materials or expensive raw materials, so fish meal, fish oil, the traditional products are being sidelined for a numerous new vegetable-based proteins, and this, I think, has added um, to the to the heightened concern about the possibility of these types of contaminants. But I think it's sustainability-led, to be honest. Which.
1: Clearly, as we found out uh, from the one conference uh, last week, it's it's on the the, the minds, on the radars of uh, of all of agriculture and and the, the retail chain uh, at the moment, John. Uh, across all species, isn't it uh, on the sustainability side?
0: Yeah, yes, absolutely. And and uh, fish, uh, the fishing industry has not escaped. It it, it was the focus, as you know. Um, a seaspiracy, a, 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 pod, a, a broadcast by Netflix, which highlighted these issues in quite a controversial manner. So, um, yes, we have to be more sustainable. And yes, we have to address these issues and we have to be uh, aware of consumer concerns. And we have to adapt and modify ourselves as an industry, because if we don't, uh, we, will, we will ultimately fail. So we need to address these concerns. When we We sort of think about
1: the mycotoxin side of things in aqua, John. What are some of the the specific risks that you feel aqua producers should be on the lookout for based on some of your previous experience on both sides of the fence, so to speak?
0: Yeah. well, for me, I think I think the biggest mistake you can make in 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 any form of production is just assuming that mycotoxins, for example, are a toxic and lethal um, uh, product. They, they are uh, the byproduct uh, of um, uh, the production of, of molds. And as such, you can't consider them only as a killer in your industry. They are. They are a secret, secret and, and quiet thief of performance. They steal from you the profit margins that your company might uh, achieve by impacting growth and performance. So they also desensitize your fish's immune system. They, they are stressors. And as such, they are likely to lead you into secondary infections of different types of, of pathogens. They cause uh, cellular damage, oxidative stress, uh, flesh quality related issues, uh, despite the potential risk for transfer to um, to the human food chain. So there are multiple areas to consider. But if I had to put one at the top, it would be their impact on stress and that resulting impact on performance of of the animal and therefore profitability of the industry.
1: I like that thought around stress, John, because it's so difficult to tie down the mycotoxin challenge because there are so many different mycotoxins all sort of working in in slightly different ways that what you're looking for in the, in the field is so different. But the concept of stress is certainly one that sort of, uh, as an overarching umbrella, uh, links those, uh, those different
0: things together, I think, quite nicely. Well, yes, I, I agree with you. And, and I think what, what, what we can learn, and particularly after this tragic epidemic with uh, COVID, I think there's one, one message that comes through on mycotoxins and this, this hidden thief of growth and performance, and that is test, test, test. So as long as you know, and you can keep testing, and you understand your risk, your risk um, is, is, is in real time, and that is, a, that is an issue. Then you are able to, to address and mitigate that risk, and you need to be aware of it all the time. So I would say producers, feed, manufacturers are all turning towards much more regular testing in order to identify those combinations, how they impact, Growth and performance. I think it's a, it's a, it's a good point.
1: Yeah, and and that's a good thing nowadays that we have the testing methods to be able to allow uh, for testing in feed mills uh, at a farm level, even potentially in real time to to provide that information. Um, when when you look at some of the latest research, John, what do you think? that's telling us about some of the impacts of mycotoxins on aqua and how potentially they can
0: be mitigated yeah the local re- the, the, the the recent research i think is is as i said is ramping itself up quite well and there's there's several studies covering trout uh, turbot covering um various uh, fish species and meta-analysis of previous work done starts to show uh, a clear picture here i think um Uh, Paraskevi, um, Koleski, and uh, Dr. Yuan in um, the Ocean University. Their two recent reports uh, on the management of mycotoxins and their impact uh, actually highlight two very different but very very significant issues. One, of course, on um, uh, don here in Europe, which is a major problem for a number of species, including trout, but they all show the same trend. They show uh, a consistency of um, mycotoxin contamination and a variety of them. And while one deals with aflatoxin and and the other with DON, they both show that growth, performance and survival is impacted. And I think um, we need to just continue that type of research and underline and then explain to consumers and and the consumer here, I'm talking about the fish farmer, what the relevance is of these these problems and how we can go about mitigating them with uh, concepts such as uh, such as altex uh, microsoft products these 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 are one of the few range of products which are um, broad spectrum because while if you open the marketplace you'll see 30 different mycotoxin binders on the market very few of them have multiple capabilities and most are restricted to the uh, adsorption or, or removal of one or two very specific mycotoxins. So you need the right product with a board spectrum which can really interact with a number of combinations of mycotoxins to have an effective mitigation strategy. Thanks, John, that, that's
1: interesting. And, and, and when you look at some of that research and going back to one of the points that you made earlier, this concept of, of killers versus the hidden thief, when you look at that research, this research now is that looking at some of these more commercially relevant levels of, of mycotoxins, in your opinion? Yes, yes.
0: In fact, um, and I, I didn't mention that at the time, but Paraskevi um, uh, in her paper actually uh, looked at a lot of the uh, current rates for for DON accepted by the European Union. That's uh, five thousand. Uh, so yes, five thousand uh, milligrams, and. Um, In this level, uh, you will find that these levels of of impact on growth and performance are already taking place. So the existing um, regulatory levels are perhaps, they need to be reviewed and reviewed downwards so that um, we don't impact farmers with acceptable levels of financial loss due to mycotoxin incorporations when we could improve the whole situation by insisting that half of that level would be appropriate. And the simple incorporation of mycotoxin binders at source will in the majority of cases address that. Of course, we mustn't forget that mycotoxins are not only a product of raw material contamination, they can actually develop within feed manufacturing processes and the storage of, of feeds if stored incorrectly. And of course, in humid and warm countries where feed is perhaps not stored Adequately, they can develop uh, post-manufacture of feed. So this is, again, another good reason for making sure you have the um, mitigation strategy in place uh, during the manufacture of the feed. Certainly, John, I think that's a good point because it's it's
1: absolutely an issue right the way throughout the the sort of feed chain from the field all the way through to when that feed is being used in, in the field. Uh, John, thanks very much indeed for all of uh, your information and thoughts today. Very helpful. Uh, and I'm sure our listeners will uh, will find that very useful. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed that episode of Mycotoxin Matters as we've, we've focused on uh, aquaculture and the impact of mycotoxins within it. Uh, if you want more information on mycotoxin testing, you can visit uh, www.nomycotoxins.com That's K-N-O-W, mycotoxins.com. And for more information on Alltech's One Ideas Conference, uh, please visit alltech.com. Thanks very much.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening today and look forward to you joining us next time on the Mycotoxin Matters podcast. For more information on the topics discussed, please visit nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W mycotoxins.com.